and welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of talent by providing practical advice and insight into the creative industry. This podcast series features a broad range of people talking about what they do and how they got to where they are. Our guest this week is Joanna Philippe. My name is Joanna Philippe. I'm an interior and exhibition designer and a creative producer of the East London Comics and Arts Festival. As an exhibition designer, what I do is I take care of two things. I would say I take care of the object and I take care of the story. The object, in a very practical way, it is, you know, how do you display this object in terms of like conservation? If you have to think of it, is it an original? Is it a copy? What light condition it requires? And then in terms of the story is, you know, what do we need to say? You know, how do you display it in order to cause a specific emotion or sensation or just information? So... I would say I consider things like, who is my audience? You know, are they children or are they adults? And I just help the curator translate that into um, an experience. Not simply a designer for traditional art spaces, Joanna's clients have included Thames and Hudson, Greenpeace and Converse, as well as the London-based Now Gallery, Fashion Space Gallery and selected universities. The most important skill for me is sketching. You need to be able to explain your idea in 30 seconds to anyone. So basically to your contractor, to the curator, to anyone. Sometimes computer drawings really stop you from creating something that is a bit more loose uh, because if you have any limitations, and that actually happened to me, if you had any limitations in knowing how to work with these softwares back to back, then you'll just do what you can. But when you're sketching, you will definitely just do more because you have the ability of transforming this idea into something real. I think other other elements are, are really important. You know, you need to understand contemporary culture. You have to have understanding of space. You have to be able to plan a project. The thing about exhibition design, and I guess when you have a business, is designing is a very small part. I think everything else that goes around and in the understanding of actually what your role is, is it's very crucial to have a successful project. Having grown up in Lisbon and studied sculpture there, Joanna describes her route into exhibition design, from a hands-on education in physical materials, to co-founding a company in art fabrication, to moving to London and taking up work with the V&A. I studied sculpture in Portugal. I did a five-year course that is incredibly academic and then very, very about materials. You'd have to literally have subjects like plaster and resins and there were subjects of like a whole year where you had to experiment and then write reports on everything. So this ended up giving me like this incredible base and knowledge of materials and experimenting that it, it was really crucial for how I design. And I think that is Perhaps the difference between someone that studied design and went to, uh, I guess, art school in the UK, and for me, is that I came from a materials and space approach, and obviously very conceptual as well. So the way I thought about projects, the way I think about projects today is still very associated of that initial education. Back in the day, Lisbon was a very small city in the sense that, you know, you'd come to art school and one of the things they say, well, you're not all going to be artists. And it's kind of a, a realization that I had from the beginning. I was like, well, I can do loads of things. It's, it's absolutely fine. But I really had that sensation of like, they're educating me 
to work within the art world, not necessarily just to be an artist. And so the subjects were like, you know, I studied philosophy and aesthetics and history of art and like five years of drawing and all these things. So always thought having more skills is only going to be better. So I just did loads. Of, I even did extra subjects in university. And then halfway through the course, my brother gets this offer of um, doing this sculpture for this quite famous artist in Portugal, but also he's quite known worldwide. And it's this resin sculpture and is like this cast and apparently had just lost his sculpture team that was doing his sculptures. And they, they asked my brother, oh, would you be interested in like doing this for me? And my brother was so busy and he's like, oh, do you want to come and help me? And a little bit of like helping my brother, we ended up creating a business and created a business in fabrication. So we were doing fabrication for not only for this artist, but for other artists in Portugal, you know, all the galleries suddenly, you know, we had a cute name. We were like brother and sister. We were called Silicon Brothers because we used to do like loads of molds with silicone and that was our expertise. So suddenly I'm running a business and I'm like, I don't know, 23 and I'm running a business and I'm making budgets and ordering materials and trying to get profit margins. I dropped everything. Uh, we, we ran the business for three or four years until I finished my course. And then I dropped everything. I was like, I don't want to be a fabricator anymore. I don't want to do other people's artwork. I want to go to London and I want to continue my studies. I want to do a master in fine arts. And then ended up going to Centro St. Martins and studying fine arts and working in fabrication part-time to be able to pay my life in London. And at the end of the year, even though I had, I think, quite of a, a successful year and I really enjoyed it, I started to a little bit thinking, maybe this is not it. Maybe there is something else. And so in a little bit of a mix of being a bit lucky and also applying to absolutely everything that exists, I got a scholarship and I ended up working at the Victoria Naba Museum. And that was it. I stayed there for three years uh, as a part-time uh, at the V&A, as a project assistant and working in the contemporary art department. And uh, the role was uh, supporting curators, so overseeing the exhibitions. And then I, I also organized the uh, Friday late. So it, again, I was producing and working on exhibitions and suddenly realizing this is exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to design these experiences. And I think this was very crucial at the V&A. I don't think I had the idea before of how many stakeholders are involved when you create a project, when you create an exhibition. You know, I was working there, very young and working there. And then suddenly you realize that these decisions are being made by the curator, by the people in press, that they want to see the cover of the poster of the exhibition. And that really means about the message that you want to pass. When she was starting out, Joanna initially freelanced from home, but she describes why she felt it was such an important step to hire a studio and her thoughts on valuing your time as an independent creative. I had my studio before I had a studio. That is just the reality. I was working from home in between my bedroom, my kitchen and the living room for at least three years until I got the guts to actually start paying rent for a studio. I don't think I understood the benefits of having a studio versus working on my own. I thought I'm saving money every month and instead I was actually not being as productive but then not having a peer group to to just compare. Go and ask questions of like, guys, do you have five minutes to look at my presentation I'm about to present to a new client? Do you mind? Just, you know, just browse your eyes and tell me if I've made any crucial mistakes or if you get it even without me saying what it is. 
Things like this are only possible when you work in a studio with other people. Like, you know, co-working can be very expensive or uh, not expensive, depending on how much work more you can actually produce. Since 2013, Joanna has helped organize, produce and develop LCAF, a three-day annual event to celebrate comic artists and illustrators. Originally founded by independent publisher Nobra in 2012, it now hosts over 170 participating artists each year. With exhibitor stands, talks, screenings and workshops to consider, Joanna will manage overall spatial design to optimise visitor experience. My, my role for Elkaf in the first three years, we've done Elkaf just us two. So it was just me and the guy organizing the whole festival. You know, it would organize all the practical aspects, you know, contacting. You'd have, you know, two in the beginning, maybe there was like 100 applications, but we're now reaching 600 applications. So it was managing all that. And then selecting uh, Lagaya does a brilliant job in like curating a program besides having just a festival where people come and sell their wares and show their work and right now we're we're, we're now we started it was just Elkaf was just one day we're now on three days and you know we've done editions abroad as well we've been invited to take Elkaf to other countries so my role for Elkaf has obviously developed and evolved in a very natural way I've always been responsible for organizing the space you know where is Elkaf finding the venue organizing the space you know when you come in what do you do where do you wait who gets to sit where all these things so in terms of like the, the functionality and the experience of going to a festival and it was great to have that experiment, but having that experiment multiple times because every year I could make a change based on, I was like, okay, last year this definitely didn't work. So we should definitely put these people here and we should do this. And this is nurturing a community, nurturing a community of illustrators and, you know, seeing also people that were involved in the beginning you know, six years later, they're like professionals. So I think for me, Elkaf is a producing role, is a role when I take opportunity to test things out in spaces. For example, this year we had a big issue of like, okay, we need a tent in the tents outside in the middle of Hackney. There's loads of noise. How do we solve that? And it's the first time we've done silent disco headphones on a talk on an external space. And everyone was like, this is really a good idea. And, you know, solving these problems makes me think, oh, wow, this could be a really good thing for also use it in an exhibition if the next time I need to do it when people need to walk around, for example. So all, all these roles kind of feed into each other. And LCAF has been, uh, I guess, also a way for me to meet other creatives. I think it's really crucial as a creative to have references. Someone that you can look up to and say, oh, wow, okay, they've studied English and then did an MA in design and then are doing a PhD in architecture. And you think, oh, it's okay to do all these, like either the academic or even like working in 10 different places. It's okay to have that multidisciplinarity. It's for me crucial right now, but I guess when you're navigating through the blindness of like, oh, is this what I am? I think that is quite, that's quite complicated. I would love to think that I can do what I do forever. I think I've prepared myself for uh, depending on, for example, if I want to be a mother, I can't work 12 hours a day. So I think I've prepared myself to do other roles within my practice. So I think, so right now I'm expanding, I'm hiring uh, designers to collaborate with me. And so that really allows me to also take more projects and take more works on. One crucial thing when you are quoting for a project is, just because you got faster, 
things shouldn't shouldn't be cheaper. When things get faster, it's because you got better. You should be paid exactly the same. You know, the, the fair the fairness of fees is it be, maybe in the beginning it took you two days. You know, you were charging one day, took you two days, and then suddenly it takes you one day, and then maybe you know, you'll do it in three hours. You should still be charging for the full amount that you charge in the beginning. Joanna ends with her advice to anyone looking for experience in the realm of exhibition design and those in the process of establishing and growing their professional network. It's, it's, it's tricky to get experience in as many areas as possible, particularly because, for example, internships. You know, I still know that internships are not paid and it's really hard to sustain yourself. I would say if you have the opportunity, ask everyone that you know questions. Ask about what do they do? You know, how do they got there? Sometimes you get the most unusual and surprising answers. And I guess that would be the thing. I think, you know, if you know someone that works in graphic design, ask them, oh, when did you start working there? You know, how many years? How did you get there? I guess ask questions as many as possible. I think that would be the first thing to say. If an internship is not possible for one reason or another, I would say volunteer. Volunteer, for example, in events. A lot of companies, a lot of design studios, a lot of practices do events and they might need help. Sometimes just spending a day with these group of people will allow you to to have a little bit of insight of like, what do they do? I think a piece of advice that I know it gets really overlooked today because now it's not fashionable is be nice. I really like the Anthony Burrell of work hard and be nice to people. I really think it's okay and I encourage you to send an email and say, hey, thanks for your advice or give a phone call to someone who's like, oh, this is really inspiring. This episode of Creative Lives was brought to you by Lecture in Progress. It was presented by me, Indy Davis, and the guest was Joanna Philippe. The editor was Ivor Manley. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand patrons. They include us two, GF Smith and the Paul Smith Foundation. For more information, check out lectureinprogress.com.